This is the Hidden Wire podcast, my interview with Trip Lenier, and we're discussing his new book. This book will make you dangerous. I hope you enjoy. Trip, welcome to the Hidden Wire podcast. How are you? I'm doing well today, Lee. How are you? I'm fantastic, mate. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. Thank it's, you for the opportunity. It's been a um, long one in the making, mate, but um, you're here now and um, certainly uh, a lot of people probably have heard of you. You've got a, a podcast out there, the New Man Podcast, and you've just um, launched a new book, which has uh, got an interesting title, very catchy. This book will make you dangerous. So, um, mate, looking forward to discussing, yeah, your your world and the book and, and why you wrote it and maybe some insights from it as well. Let's do it. Let's now, do it. Matt, where are you? Um, where are you living? North Carolina. North Carolina. We live on the beach out here, uh, Wrightsville Beach. Okay. And how's it all going over there? It's been lovely. You know, we're in the middle of winter right now, which is my least favorite um, season. So it's a little, you know, anything above, uh, let's say, <laughs> anything below sixty, I, I I start to crawl into my shell, into my hole. So uh, I'm not built for winter. I'm more of a tropical guy. So. Oh yeah. Okay. There you go. I'm from the tropics. Um. Yeah. Mate, you're into your health and fitness. How how long have you been running the podcast for now? I would say I think it's been over 13 years now. Wow, I think that was the last uh, last that I checked. Yeah. So looking back at it, what a journey, huh? It has been, you know. But it's always the the podcast was, you know, I was always a coach. I've always been a coach first and foremost, and so mm. the podcast was just this place for, you know, it was like, hey, let's go have a conversation. And yep. so it's, 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 you know, I've been able to avoid it be having to be this, uh, kind of burden. And when it does start to feel like a burden, I just remind myself to relax and come back to what makes it fun or, uh, not let it turn into a grind or not turn it into the same routine. Yeah. You got to freshen things up and switch things around. I guess you've done that many of times, huh? Yeah. And it's always felt a little strange. Like, well, you know, we've been talking about these types of things for the last few years. I want to move in this other direction. Always feels like the fallout. <laughs> people people keep listening. Yeah, yeah, but you know that's. But again, that's that's the point is to come back to what am I interested in talking about? What do I learn? Yeah, who do I want to? You know, who am I curious? Let's let's go down that road. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, I'm a bit the same. Coach, how long have you been coaching for, and what sort of a coach are you? Know, are you? I've been coaching now for 15 years. Uh, before that, I had a company, a, a media production that I had for 12 years. Okay. And so. The type of work that I do was really coaching the guy that I've been, which was, hey, I, I've, I've been able to have a certain level of success in my life, but now I want to do something that aligns with my values. I want to do something that, that has a bit of meaning. I don't want to just play a role in order to be successful. And so the, the people that I'm with are ones that are tired of waiting or they, you know, they've, they've got to, they're tired of hiding out. They've got to sit there's something more for them to do. Maybe it's time for them to become an authority in their field or to have a voice in whatever it is that they do, but there's a fear, you know, I don't know what to do. Uh, what if I do this? And, you know, I, I don't want to have to live in my car in order to, to, you know, have this kind of work in the world. And so most of the people that I'm working with are really stepping out of that hiding and, and doing more important work in the world, but also doing it in a way that it supports their lifestyle. Yeah. Okay. And is this, so you've been doing the, the coaching thing for, for some time then if you've been podcasting for 13 years. Right. Yeah. What got you into years, into coaching? Uh, coaching? Is it just because you had a passion for helping people? Or? You know, I was. Uh, I, I've always, as far back as I can remember, I've just loved having real conversations. You know, I mean, I can we can talk about 
sports or whatever, but that doesn't really light my fire. I've always enjoyed the deeper conversations. What are we really here to do? What are you, what are you here to experience in this lifetime? Uh, and then, you know, as a creative person, seeing our life, seeing our business as a canvas to paint on as something to create. And so it's just this, this intersection of, Hey, let's have these deep conversations about what really matters to us. And then let's go create from that place. Let's do something with that information, not just sit around and read books and, you know, hope that one day we'll finally get around to doing our best work. Yeah, love it. But yeah, um, I remember coming across your podcast probably about seven years ago. So that was um, well and truly into your podcasting journey. Has there been any major um, things you've taken away from from that podcasting period, the thirteen years you've been doing it for? Um, I would say, yeah, you know, there's so many things. I'm sure you know the things that stand out are you'd be surprised what you can get if you ask for it. Mm. Uh, you know, there's been times where it's just like, oh, there's no way that person would be on my podcast, or there's no way that X Y Z would happen. And lo and behold, if you ask for things, people tend to say yes. Um, and so I've I've, I've appreciated that. It's been a, a great lesson. And then it's a really good point, isn't it? Like if you just ask, you know, in life in, in whatever that is, um, you'll be surprised at what shows up. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, there's, it's also been a path for me, a growth path. When I started the podcast, I really identified as, you know, essentially the listener. What do I want to learn? What am I curious about? Let's, well, I'm standing shoulder to shoulder with the listener and we're going to go on this journey together. And that, I still think that there's a, a lot of truth to that, but over that time, of being a coach, of being a leader, being a guide for so many others, I've really stepped into being a, a teacher and and having my own voice and things to share. And that was really scary, uh, you know, along the way, making that transition. But, you know, writing the book, getting out there, talking about those things, it was all part of that process. Yeah. And is this your first book? This is my first published book, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And and it's very much aligned with, with the work you do, yeah? Like helping people that, and I like the subtitle, the um, you know people who can't sit still in life, the people who are looking for that next thing, people who are sick of hiding, um, and and maybe just following the status quo. Yeah, it's you know I I wrote it for that version of me twenty plus years ago, who was you know okay, there's got to be more to life than just making a buck. There's got to be more to life than just making sure my house looks nice and you know making sure everything's kind of in a row. It's like what are we really here to do and. Mm. Most of the books back then, and this might be true today, is that most of the books back then weren't fun to read around that stuff. That Most of them were written for women. This was back when Oprah was really running the show. And, and there wasn't anything that spoke to me. I remember feeling like, you know, where, where's the book that would speak to me and where I am in this phase of life? And where's the sense of humor? Hmm. Like, why, why, do, why, why when we're talking about depth and some of these more substantial areas of life, why can't we have a laugh too? Why, can't, why do we have to take things so seriously? So the idea for the book was, okay, I want to do something that I just, that's enjoyable to read, but also has a lot of really great practical, uh, but deep, uh, tips and things that we can use today. Do you feel your book is more relevant for men than women then? I don't, you know, I, I was, I think that it's relevant in terms of the tone and maybe the stories. Some of the stories are kind of what guys talk about when they're alone. It's a little, well, it's written by a guy, so that's going to come through, isn't it? I think. Yeah, it's a little, little more like that. And, uh, but nonetheless, you know, the women that have been interviewing me, as, and, and they're like, this book's fantastic. And I wrote it knowing that my daughter was going to read it one day. So I, I was very well aware that the themes in, in the book are for anybody and everybody that's curious. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, the language and the tone is for my audience and my audience is men. And, and you, you know, looking back and you said, you know, Oprah was really the one that was, um, you know, leading the way and particularly for women. I've, I've read, um, actually I listened to one of her audio books, um, a while back now. And certainly I find, you know, any, any book in the personal development world, whether it's more female or male oriented, it's, it's still, there's still takeaways to be had. And not always, I think you have to read until a point where you just feel that it's giving you value or not. And then, and then move on. But, um, do you, do you feel that, cause there's so many books in the personal development field. How do you feel your book, um, is different? I mean, would you agree? Do you think that all personal development books are worth, you know, having a look at? Well, I, I, it's hard to throw anything out. I think that uh, that's going to ultimately come down to the reader. Yeah. I, you know, as somebody who's done a podcast for so long, I get a lot of books mm. and I throw a lot of them in the trash. And, and when somebody approached me about writing a book, I, I told them that I said, I, I throw a lot, so many books in the trash. And they said, well, what's the book you wouldn't throw in the trash? Right. And I realized that one of the things that bothers me about so much of what passes for personal growth or even like leadership oriented books, things that are aimed at entrepreneurs is that they're perpetuating this false hope that all you got to do are the three steps in this book. It's a very linear process. It should be very easy and predictable. If you just do this stuff, then your life will be fine and you kind of set it and forget it. And it's a trap. It's BS. <laughs> it's a and trap. I'm tired of, of watching people be like, oh, I just I must be doing it wrong. You know what? I just need this next book. This yeah. next book is going to have the key to my weight loss once and for all. This next book is going to have the key to my financial worries once and for all. And I wanted to write a book that said, let's stop this crap. Let's stop this BS that there is this finish line. This golden rule. This stuff. And and so I lay it out straight early on in the introduction to the reader. I said, look, it doesn't work that way. And, uh, but it does, we, we can approach our life in a, from a different perspective, from a more mature perspective. We can still have a lot of fun, but let's stop chasing this idea of a finish line because that chasing that finish line is what keeps us from actually enjoying the life that we have today. Hmm. Yeah. Good point. And there's sort of a couple of perspectives there of what you've said. And I guess the first one is what, what is the trap of these books? I mean, is it, is it the fact that people are, are falling into this disillusioned belief that something is going to fix um, perhaps whatever they have and, or whatever they desire and that's giving them a, a misleading belief in, in how the world works? I think that it, that they're, they're typically written from what I call a survival mentality hmm. or a prey mentality. What does that mean? In our cushy modern day life, what passes for danger is anything that feels uncomfortable. Oh, I don't want to have this uncomfortable conversation or gosh, my Wi-Fi isn't working so much or Watch how people get pissed off when somebody pulls out in front of them in traffic. They lose their peace of mind. Most of us are stuck in this place where we're really trying to escape discomfort once and for all. Number two, the other thing we're trying to escape once and risk. risk. We really think we're going to get to this place where we're going to finally feel certain and safe once and for all. That's another big lie. And then the other, th the third one is we're finally going to feel enough once and for all. We're finally going to feel done. We'll be, we'll be immune or safe from any kind of criticism or vulnerability. And when we recognize that most of what we do, especially when we're chasing this idea of success, is to feel comfortable once and for all, to feel safe or certain once and for all, and to make sure we don't look like a moron once and for all, that sets up this trap. And so we, we get on this perpetual hamster wheel instead of slowing down and saying, wait a second, what if I was willing to step into what felt a little dangerous from time to time? What if I was willing to be uncomfortable what if I was willing to go into places that felt uh, uncertain? What if I was willing to look a little crazy or a little weird to some folks? 
let's talk about what opens up for me there. And the, the people that I coach, myself included, it's a really challenging way to live, but that's what opens the door for us to have more freedom, more alive, more genuine love and connection, more peace of mind, instead of this very stale, boxed-in life that so many of us are suffering. Which sounds contradictory to, to what everyone, or how everyone, or how everyone, most people are living their life. How, look around. How many of us, how many folks have it all, but then feel numb inside, feel empty, right? It's like, it's like I, I run into it so many times where guys have accomplished their goals. They look amazing from the outside. And then I get to hear the story. Man, I'm making seven figures. I got X, Y, Z. And I'm tired of feeling numb. I'm tired of feeling empty. Or I'm tired of feeling anxious that something's going to come along and take it away. It's sad. And I, I, to me, that's not a, a strong place to live where we get more and more fragile as we become more and more, quote, successful. Yeah, well, it's the wrong type of success, huh? Yeah, and, and I want to be really clear that I don't have a problem with anything that is luxurious or nice. or that, Those aren't the trappings. Again, it's the mindset. It's the mindset that says, I can't deal with discomfort. I can't deal with uncertainty. I can't deal with being you know, looked at a little weird. So you're thinking that, um, that a lot of people are living a life because they're feared of this uncomfortableness, this uncertainty, this, this, this fear of being ridiculed. So they're, they're hiding behind a life that perhaps isn't true to themselves. Absolutely. From a very early age, they've been following the question, what do I do? Yeah. Tell me what to do. Yeah. What should I do? And we, there's a prescription, there's a path. And you know, with some of the books we talked about, they're like, here, here's your path. Just do this. <laughs> and it lays it out for them. What it doesn't teach us, and this is what I'm challenging the reader in the book, is to start to look inward. Instead of looking for this external th- authority, mm. tell me what to do, mm. tell me how to act, tell me, tell me what hoops to jump through, start to ask the question, what do I want? In this situation, given that these are, these are the circumstances, what do I want? And that's where we can start to be bold. We can be playful in the face of risk or uncertainty. We can get over ourselves when we start to think that it, we're, you know, we're so important and it really matters. Yeah, so that's the dangerous part huh, of, of this book. Yeah, that's the dangerous part. And you'd be, you know, whenever I just listen to my clients and I say, hey, what's really the monster under the bed? What's the thing that's holding you back? You know, I talked to a guy the other day. He's been, he's known he's wanted to move out of the leadership position of his company for over five years and he's been scared to talk to his partner. And when I just asked him, what's the worst that could happen? And we got into it. He's like, I can't believe I've wasted five years avoiding this conversation and just staying busy in, in the same position at my job when I could have moved on to the next thing. And I said, when are you going to have this conversation? He's like, I'll have it today. And he did. He followed through. That was the point, you know, that willingness to walk into that uncertainty, what felt dangerous. Now he's he's opened the door to the next phase of his life. Mm. And it feels good, doesn't it? I mean, it's it's um it's never as bad as it as it seems, you know. Even if it's uncomfortable, there's a there's an aspect of it where we have a peace of mind. It's like I'm doing it. I'm honoring myself. Yeah. I'm no longer selling myself out. I'm no longer betraying myself. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the that's the freedom sort of part of it all. Mm. Um, yeah, the peace of mind. The peace of mind. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've been interviewing a lot of people, so you would have had plenty of people with books and and you know how to guides on on making life better. Um, and I guess you know in that you've you've just learnt that you know there's not one formula for anyone. It's it's the journey, um, and certainly the other part of it, which I can appreciate. I've only been podcasting for about a few years now, but um, you know the the journey is unique for every individual, and it's it's never ending. It's 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 always um, going. It's always perpetual. I talk about this in the book that that tension that comes with, you mean I got to think for myself? You mean my journey is unique to myself and I can't just go follow somebody else's 
you know, formula or, or recipe, that, that burden is actually our power. And so many of us are so ready to give that power away. Like, here, you take it. You figure out. You tell me what to eat tonight. Well, we're sort you of brought up that way, aren't we, with our education system? It could be. It could very much be. But I say that that bur- what feels like a burden is actually your power. Embrace it. Like, this is my power to choose how I want to maneuver in the world, the relationships I want to create, how I want to support myself, the lifestyle that empowers me to feel more free, more alive, et cetera. Mm, yeah. Well, I, I actually think, you know, looking back at my education, you, 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 you're ordered to, to form a line, you know, you, you have to fit in um, because how else are they going to, you know, um, educate a whole bunch of students in the one sitting if we're all doing our own thing and all being differently. But then we're expected to go into the real world uh, very autonomously and, and do our own thing and, and follow our own path, yet we're not even taught that way. Yeah, I think there's another level of our education, which is, okay, now that you now that you know how to be a, a civil human being in the world, which is very important, we need that, hmm. then it's about coming back. How, how do you, how do you self-actualize, right? How do you, how do you contribute in, in such a way where you can not only take care of yourself, but you can also contribute hmm. to the world? Hmm. And uh, that's another, again, that's a much deeper conversation. And I think it's just part of evolution. Evolution, somebody has said evolution is is beautiful but not pretty and it's it's pretty messy and i i see us on this path i see us moving the fact that you and i can have this conversation today about self-actualization about being able to live our lives in this way it's a luxury Hmm. you know think about generations ago even in our own families much less other other you know cultures on the planet right now they can't have this conversation they're just doing the best they can to get by so again it, it is a luxury to have this conversation yeah, there's two parts to that, isn't there? I mean, look at third world countries like, um, and I just think of you know Vietnam or some of these places I've travelled, where you do look around these, and these people are just doing what they need to do to get by, but they're very much living with their families. They seem, you know, pretty content, pretty happy with with how things are. They're not mm-hmm. on the opposite spectrum, which is us in the West here, who are in this constant hamster wheel, this constant chase of of more, 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 trying to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah. Yeah, it can certainly that that can certainly uh, reveal itself uh, as if we lose sight, right? If we if we lose touch with ourselves, then I think it's one of those things like if, if something's not broke, we'll, we'll, we will break it just so we have something to fix, rather than steer into the that place which is I've never gone here, I've never asked myself what do I want, I've never really asked myself what I want to create with my lifetime. Mm. Um, let me just get busy and convince myself that that's really the purpose of my life. Yeah, yeah. We really need to put more time and I guess books like yours and podcasts like yours, you know, helping people really um, with this self-actualization piece. And, and that's that's the goal and, and I think it should always be the goal. There, Do you feel there's a bit of a trap to this whole conversation, but because I feel that like purpose and things like that, people look out there and go, oh yeah, my purpose and I'm going to, you know, quit my job and, and live dangerously and do my own thing. There, there seems to be a missed, a mixed message here as well. Would you agree? I do. I, I think that there's there's an aspect of this which is it's really easy to turn this into the, a hedonistic, you know, battle cry. It's all about what feels good. It's all about what's for me. And I would argue that chasing, you know, what only feels good or what is, what is only for ourselves ultimately leads us to a path where we are unfulfilled. Yeah. Where we feel separated from others. 
And that kills our peace of mind. We don't have love there. We don't have genuine love and connection there when all we care about is ourselves or our, our experience. Hmm. And I talk about this in the book that part of what, what expands our ability to have peace of mind is love, is deep connection. And it, within that is contribution, is service, is thinking of things other than ourselves, which is seeing ourselves as, some, as, as part of something much larger than ourselves. And so you're exactly right. It's easy to butcher some of these concepts and, and see them from a narcissistic point of view. But really it's about, okay, once I really root myself in myself, I start to see myself as something larger, as, some, you know, as part of something larger than me. And now how do I want to live? Well, what gives me a greater sense of freedom, aliveness, love, and peace is being a contributor, being somebody who adds to that. Hmm. Yeah. It's one of the pieces of the puzzle. Um, I, I still think that, um, you know, to quit your day job um, and go out and follow your passion or something like that and, and try and, you know, seek this, this level of purpose. I think a lot of people, you know, are told this, but they're, they're ill-informed. And, and again, they're still looking externally for what that passion is and what that purpose is rather than really having that level of self-reflection and, and their own journey. I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I am not a big proponent of this this mysterious idea that, you know, my purpose is out there. And once I find my purpose, everything's going to fall into place. There's a chapter in my book called your big life purpose is probably bullshit. <laughs> and the reason why I say that, so would you think there is a purpose so many, or no purpose? I think that what most people believe is their purpose is some story that's just meant to gratify their ego. Yeah. So they, they want to believe that the, they're, they're meant to be on this planet to do something significant, which is just what the ego wants. How do I be significant? Mm. How do I be special? And so they're looking for the story that will support their need to be significant and special. Yeah. And I just say, look, let's, let's, let's zoom out. Let's say you found your big significant story, the thing you thought was really going to be the purpose of your life. And let's say you actually accomplished that thing. You solved cancer and puppies, right? That's your big purpose in life. Okay, what if, it, what if it left you feeling trapped or drained or isolated or overwhelmed or bored or chron chronically worried? Would you, would you have any doubts? Would you have some doubts that you were really on purpose in life? And the answer is that, yes, you would have major doubts. The whole, the whole time in the back of your mind, you'd be like, something's off. Something's not right here. And so what that tells me is that our, no matter what our mission is in life, and that's the key word here, whatever, whatever mission we're living into at that time, it's always going to come back to an interior or subjective experience hmm. that we use those experiences to, to guide, to gauge whether we're on track or not. Is this expanding my ability to feel more free? Is this expanding my ability to feel more alive, more love, more peace of mind? And if it's not, it's time to zoom out. It's time to question some things. It's time to challenge some reasons why we're doing something. Chances are when we're feeling trapped, drained, isolated, bored, overwhelmed, we're doing things because we're afraid or we're doing things because we feel like we, quote, should do them instead of really listening to what it is that 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 deeper sense of uh, what am I here to give? What am I here to contribute? And uh, as far as quitting your job, I've always seen our professions as ways to support us in living that life. Hmm. I don't I don't buy into this idea where whatever this mission is that we have in our life currently also has to pay our bills. In fact, I've seen plenty of well-meaning people just ruin it, just ruin it because they thought that, okay, I've got to, in order for me to have a real mission in my life, it somehow has to pay the bills. And so they don't see any opportunities anymore. They don't do the thing that, that has them feel more alive. And so I say, look, let's use your job. Let's use it to empower you to do this thing in the world instead of making you feel like you got to starve or sell your soul in order to keep it going. Yeah, yeah.
there's a lot to that. Um, and the first thing I want to take away there about the purpose piece and, and the, the thought I have and, and, and continue to have is that the purpose is, you know, the journey and it is actually that, that inner journey um, that, that makes this life more meaningful. And that means that the purpose from any year or any month or any decade will, will change ultimately because as you go on the journey and you grow, so will your passion, so will your direction, so will your thoughts, so will your beliefs. And therefore, the purpose is ultimately going to always change. So looking for this one purpose is a load of bullshit. I agree. Yeah. The, um, what, what are some, like, we look at this, uh, this idea of living dangerously and how scary it is and, and the fear of it. And certainly, man, I've just gone through something recently myself, which was like that, you know, a big change, a big decision for me. And, and it was, it was, it was essentially dangerous, the, the, the choice that I was about to make. Um, but in hindsight, looking at it, you're just like this, it's uncertain, it's unfamiliar, it seems scary, but the thing that gets you through, and this is the thing that gets me through is this continual, um, ability to self-reflect, to sit down with my thoughts, to journal, um, to really assess the situation. And that sort of seems to make those things that are uncertain a little bit more familiar and that, that leap a little bit more easier. Is there, is there a practice that you do to to or practice that you guide people um, to do to help this uncertainty? Yeah, I, I say let's go look at the monster under the bed, right? So the the little kid comes into his parents' room and, and he's like, there's a monster in the bed. And the parents know there's not a monster in the bed, right? Hmm. But we go look anyway. Hmm. Let's get a flashlight. Let's go take a look anyway. And this is the journaling process, right? Or it's talking to a friend. Hmm. And let's let's talk about the worst thing that could happen. And then let's talk about the, the most catastrophic thing that would happen after that. And we just lay them all out. What's the worst that would happen? 90% of the time when we do this, we get a chance to see is like, well, A, that would never that would never happen or most likely wouldn't happen. Or in order for that to happen, all of these other things would have to line up, you know, like winning the lottery of, of destruction in your life and having all these things kind of line up. You start to see how this how fear has hijacked us and convinced us that we're so fragile or that our life is right on the edge of doom. And it may feel really scary. But nonetheless, just looking at it in that way starts to put it in perspective. And most of us never challenge that fear. We never challenge it and say, what am I really up against here? So journaling is a great way to do that. Mm. Having conversations with people is a great way to do that. And then we can choose like, well, I can collapse to this thing. I can I can contract or I could get bold here or maybe I could get playful. Is there really that much to lose here? Uh, what happens if I get over myself? Well, maybe I'm not so afraid. It wouldn't be so bad if somebody made fun of me or thought I was crazy or whatever those things are. And I found that this is a lot easier to do when you have a community around you that can support you in this. When we're isolated, it's way much, way easier for us to take ourselves too seriously and to believe the BS in our head. <laughs> but taking ourselves too seriously, it's certainly something I can relate to. And I do enjoy those moments where I just start to go and it's, it's happening more and more these days. I think maybe it's just an age thing. You become like, I don't know. I think as you, as you get older, you're just like, you know what, what it's all about. It's, it's all a load of bullshit. This, this drive for success. And that's when we take ourselves too seriously. Um, the, the idea of aging as a process of wisdom is something, um, that I don't think comes to everyone. Um, what do you think? I can definitely feel myself shifting. I turned 48 uh, last month, yeah. and I can, I can feel, I can feel this thing like that. This thing used to bother me, or this thing used to worry me, or this thing used to, used to, you know, rattle my a bit. And I can feel it now 
where it's just loosening up. You know, my my mm. values are shifting. Perspective. I've got a greater perspective now. But I think one of the things that we tend to forget is, and this is for all of us, mm. is that we tend to forget that we've slayed other dragons. Well, we, we tend yeah. to for, we tend to forget that when problem X shows up, that we've already dealt with this multiple times and we came out the other side. When we're in that place and we get scared, it tends to seem like it's the first time. And it's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Or we fall into that trap of, why is this happening? It shouldn't be happening. I've dealt with this before. And again, it's that trap of feeling like there should be a finish line. And it's not fair that we have to deal with this. But uh, I think coming back to like, all right, this is happening. It sucks. It's not what I want to be dealing with. But I've, I've done a version of this before. And uh, I, I think I can handle this. I'll figure it out. Yeah, I guess life experiences helps that that um, that change when it comes down the track as well. Yeah, if you remember, if you remember, that's the key. If you remember, I, I still feel that. I mean, in your field, you're, you're in this field. You, you're constantly, you know, challenging yourself, constantly learning from others, and so you're probably a bit more wise in that sense, anyway. Um, whereas others that are still in this, in this, and you probably deal with people in your coaching business. Uh, people that are still stuck in this in this not rat race but you know stuck behind something that's not really true to themselves uh, stuck in a life that's not true to themselves i think so i think the most detrimental thing that we can get stuck in is a victim uh mentality yeah where we believe something is you know we're powerless to do anything that something is going to save us and this thing over here is the reason why you know i'm in trouble um, we tend to look for villains. We tend to look for for rescuers or you know some kind of savior to come along, and we don't recognize our own autonomy or our ability to respond to a situation. And I find that that's that's it's very very difficult to help people when they're stuck in that orientation. And unfortunately, that's where most of us are hanging out. It's what we tune into in a movie on a Saturday night. It, it's it we need that drama. That's that's what we find. Um, entertaining we, we find it in our news is there's a bad guy there's a good guy and you know here's the here's this problem and you know somebody's waiting to be saved so unfortunately when we get stuck in that dynamic it's a, it's going to be a matter of how quickly can we pivot out of that hmm. and the question to pivot out of that is okay given that this is what's going on what do i want um most of the time when we're in that situation we know we're in that situation because we're looking for who's to blame yeah and as long as we're looking for you know who to point fingers at or this person needs to be better at this and we're criticizing all that kind of stuff. We're not actually in a problem solving orientation. We're not in a growth in a position to create some growth. Hmm. The, um, a lot of people are scared to make this change. What are, what are the big fears that we, we face, um, in making change? Do you think, and you've, we've sort of touched on them already. Yeah, I think, I think it really is, is that I don't personally, as I'm saying all this stuff, I wrote this book for me, you know, it's a reminder for me to go <laughs> as I go through this stuff. Yeah. So it's not, yeah, and I, want, I, I hate this idea that there's this guy on the stage and he's got all the answers and he's found an escape from all of this stuff. So really, it's just a big reminder. And as I was, you know, as I've been in the process of pushing this book out in the world, I've had to come back to the messages in there. It's like, gosh, I don't want to be uncomfortable. This is, I, don't know, I shouldn't have to do this. Wah. And there were places where this feels really risky and I can't tolerate this and the whole thing will come falling down. And gosh, what do they think of me if my book bombs or what do they think about, you know, it's like, People contacting me from my past, like, I read your book. And my parents were going to read the book. Oh, my God, what are they going to think? So it's just, you know, there's this chapter in there where I talk about going to the doctor and he sticks his hand in my ass. So it's it's like, what are, what are people going to think? Um, it's just an ongoing thing. 
But I think that those are the big three that, that we tend to bump up against every day. And for those that are wondering what their purpose is, my challenge for you is to look and my guess is that 99% of the choices you make, the purpose of them are to avoid discomfort, to avoid risk and to avoid looking like a moron. There's your purpose. Hmm. The, um, what happened to the uh, doctor? <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to read and find out. <laughs> the, um, yeah, I mean, it, get, getting over that fear of being ridiculed or be, looking like a moron. What is your advice there? Like for people? Cause I mean, that, that is a big thing. And, and I, have written a book myself that I've just published and, you know, I've been quite vulnerable in that book and vulnerability is, is very challenging, isn't it? But um, certainly I look at it and I'm just like, you know what? Who gives a shit what people think if they read this and, you know, think, think what they want to think. That's why I wrote it. Yeah, I, it is a, it is, you know, it goes either way. I think, I think it's a both end. I think, I think that we do feel it. We are impacted by that, by what people say and, and do. It's, it's, it's silly to think that, we're somehow going to be immune to it. But I think it helps to remember that we're bigger than that. Hmm. Uh, I'm, I don't have to be defined by that. Um, and I think, it, I think it just helps to come from a place of service. Look, I didn't write the book to, evangelic, to be evangelical and try to convert anybody to anything. I wrote the book to try and help people. Hmm. And so if the book can help people, then great. And if it doesn't help people, you know, no, no big deal. Um, and so I, as long as I just keep reminding myself to come back to a place of service, and it's not about me. It's just, hey, this, it's, ultimately, most people only care about themselves anyway. So that's, they're not really thinking about me or in, in that regard. So, hey, does this help you? And if not, okay, hope, I hope you find something that does help you. Yeah. And that's the filter we have to put on. We have to have that inner search so we know what our values are, what our sort of journey is. And then, you know, pick up books like yours or any other book and, and really take away the stuff that, that's going to work for us and give it a go. And if it doesn't, then you know, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be great to have everybody kiss our butts and put us on a pedestal, but um, it, it can't stop us. The fear of that not happening or the fear of being misunderstood, I talk about this in the book, right? The being hated or being misunderstood is usually what slows us down. And uh, most of the time, uh, I don't know. It's like, do we really want to go through our life and look back and be like, wow, I'm so glad I avoided all of those times where I could have been judged? Uh, personally, I, I, that's not okay with me. Yeah, yeah. The, um, you share a lot of them and it's, it's, you know, your, your journey as well. What, what are some rituals or routines that you have really found impactful to your journey? I, you know, I, I meditate most days. Yeah. What does that look like? Uh, I rarely miss a day. I've been doing it for 20, I guess, 20 plus years now. And it's hard to, you know, if I miss more than a few days, I can start to see that like, wow, huh, something's off with me. So it's, um, but the ability to be present, the ability to shift my awareness back to the moment or the ability to actually pay attention to things, um, it's easy to take that for granted these days when, when I mean, there's just so many things that are trying to pull us away. There's so many distractions hmm. there. So that ability, my wife thanks me for being a meditator because, um, you know, there's, there's opportunities for me to get rattled or get triggered or get activated by things. And I tend to, even when it does happen, I tend to bounce back very quickly um, and kind of recognize, Oh, I got pulled off. I got pulled off there. So, uh, you know, come back. But, um, I'd say the second thing would also just be a willingness to talk about what's going on. I, I know for a long time I wanted to hide and, and meditation was an escape for me. I didn't have to actually deal with it or talk about it with anything, but I found that that didn't solve my problems, but talking to people really helps, um, uh, being willing to talk to people and being willing to just kind of be messy and realize that the process of talking to someone is where I find 
myself where I find the answer. Um, whereas before it was like, I, before I talk to somebody, I need to figure out what I'm going to say. And so having trusted people, people that I really love and that love me to give me that space to kind of talk through things and, and land on them. Uh, that's where I find that I really feel loved. And I'm like, wow, people do genuinely care about me to give me that kind of. Mm, yeah. What, what, um, how does your meditation look like? Like, what do you do for your meditation? How does that look? Uh, it varies depending on the day, but it's essentially 20 minutes a day and it can be just very basic where I am, you know, mindful of the breath. So when the mind wanders, it's coming back to the breath. And then there are other days where I want to do something more heart-based and I just, as I, you know, with each, each breath I'm remembering, I'm thinking of someone that I know, whether I like them or not, you know, it could be people that are triggering me or upsetting me and I'm sending them love. I'm just sitting there. I'm loving you. I'm loving you. I'm loving you. And I find that that's a, I need to do that some days where I find myself just getting, wanting to wall off and wanting to be hard and crusty. Hmm. Um, that that's a great way to kind of put myself in the oven and soften up. Yeah. And is this something that you do when you first get up? Like when does it fall into your day? Yeah. Well, first part of my day is being with my daughter and she's starting her day and then going off to school. And then, you know, as she's on her way, I, I, I'm on the cushion and doing my practice there. Yeah. Nice. Nice one. And what sort of advice would you look, you know, 20 years ago, um, or, or 30 years ago for yourself? Um, what, what sort of advice would you give yourself? Follow the fun. I, I've, I've, when I've, in, uh, given myself permission to really follow what is fun for me in my life. And it's not always the easy path. Uh, but there's a thing that can happen in my brain where it's like, uh, following the fun, um, it's not allowed. I have to wait until things are fun. But when I allow myself to say, you know, what would make my coaching practice more fun? What would make my podcasting more fun? What would make writing this book more fun? Uh, I just find the, it's just a much more wonderful experience of life. And I get out of this kind of, you know, take, room take away the, the seriousness kind of, of, of life. Yeah. It's like, where can I have the fun? And, and a lot of folks are allergic to fun. They think that somehow that fun is going to somehow demean what they're doing or lessen what they're doing. Hmm. But, um, gosh, I just, it's like, well, really, is that like how you approach sex? Like is sex this big serious thing? Okay. i got a lot riding on the here. I've got to get 20 seconds in this position and then 20 seconds in that. We're going to make sure we get all the, you know, it's like, gosh, it's so boring. Like what does it take for you to just enjoy yourself? Uh, and can you naturally find that place where you're enjoying yourself through life? Um, I, I don't, I really don't want to go through life and then look back and be like, wow, I kind of pissed away the opportunity to enjoy it a lot more. Hmm. Yeah, it's a struggle. This um, this idea of following the fun for me. But what have you got an example of something recently where you've found the fun in what you do? I think there, you know, like in podcasting, it's shown up a few times. There's this idea of like, okay, this is what I got to do. These are the types of guests that I have to have. This is the way I've got to approach it mm. um, in order for it to work, right? And I, even as I do that, I notice my voice changes and my eyebrows come down, and it's serious. And then it's like, well, who do I want to talk to? What would be fun? Like, where's my curiosity? Um, who, who do I naturally want to, you know, learn about? And I just find that, you know, I may have some best-selling author on one week and he's cool, but I might be more lit up about this other guy that I just found out about through a friend that did something interesting. Yeah. It's like, wow, I just got to talk to that person. And so uh, giving ourselves permission to do that, um, most of the time what's what where we have a hunch or where we feel drawn is not allowed because we've got this roadmap in our mind and you know, we got our checklist and, and that's, that's the quote way we got to do things. Yeah. Don't cross the line. The, um, 
who you've, you've obviously had a lot of people on your show and it'd be very hard question to answer for me, but is there a particular guest you've had which just blew you away? Well, it blew me away. I've had, I would say my wife is my favorite guest. Okay. We have the most fun when she comes on. That's cool. Um, yeah, we've, she's been on the show quite a few times and we talk about all kinds of stuff and it's just a blast. Um, Maybe I'll invite my wife on. Yeah. My, That'd be fun. No, you gotta watch. My wife's a troublemaker, so she likes to try to, you know, she likes to turn the tables on me, and yeah. I gotta watch out for that. That's part of the fun. But um, I'm trying to. Good think. answer. Gosh, Good answer. What about a book? So Have many. you got a book that you'd you'd recommend, or one book that's had had real impact in your life? <laughs> yeah, this book will make you dangerous. That one's uh, sure. had a huge impact on my life. <laughs> we'll stick it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's. You know, I keep coming back to, um, I, there's a book that I come back to. There's a couple of books by Don Miguel Ruiz that I just come back to over and over again, um, which is, uh, four agreements obviously, but then the, uh, what's the one about knowledge, the voice of knowledge. I think it is. Uh, I find that I revisit those two books every year, at least once. Uh, and I probably don't do that with any, any other books as much. Yeah, well, uh, those books really tend to tune me up and and help me find more of my center. That's cool. I um I'm I'm rarely rarely do I go back to um to books it seems, but because there's just so many and they just keep coming. But yeah. um, the final question, mate. What if if it was your last meal? Um, what would you what would you select if you could select anything? Oh wow, let's see. There was a uh, in Kauai. There's a fish market there, and they have this amazing tuna wrap that uh, I was just, and maybe it's just after surfing most of the day and then coming and having that tuna wrap and looking out over the cliff was such a special thing. But that tuna wrap is pretty hard to turn down. That's good. Good answer. Mate, thanks for coming on. I wish you all the best with your book and the the continuation of your podcast, and um, certainly would love to have you on again sometime. Thank you so much. It was fun. Thank you. Guys, check it all out at The Hidden Why. Um, the show notes will be there, links to, to Trip and the book. So you can grab a copy and reach out to Trip as well. But uh, until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwhy.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcasts. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there. 
um, and anything else really that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link, it helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out again at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there, breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose. And in doing so, you will discover your hidden why. This is The Hidden Why. My name is Lee Martinuzzi. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon.